Welcome to the Intersection Podcast at Georgia Tech Scheller College of Business. My name is Jasmine Howard, and I'm a first-year MBA student and your host for The Intersection. Today, our episode is focusing on International Women's Month and Scheller College's celebration of all things female this month. We've got three incredible women at the table with us. Let's go around and see who's here. Hi, everyone. My name is Thea Dietrich. I'm a first-year MBA candidate here at the Scheller College of Business. I'm from Johns Creek, Georgia, um, and I will be interning at Nike this summer in their supply chain division. I'm really excited about it. Thanks for being here, Thea. Thanks. Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah Winkle. I am a second-year MBA student. I'm originally from Knoxville, Tennessee, and I spent the past five years in the Bay Area doing project management for HR at Pandora Media, and I've been focusing my MBA in marketing and analytics. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Hey, everyone. I'm Julia Snell. I am the MBA Academic Program Manager here at the Scheller College of Business, and I am also a current evening MBA student. I'm originally from Sedalia, Missouri, and I went to my undergraduate degree at Clemson University, and I have an insider's perspective of everything related to the current life of an MBA student. Yes, Julia sees it all from, yeah, staff, student, and then we've also got Thea and Sarah here because they've got really interesting perspectives on our program and a lot of our women's programming specifically. So to get started, we have Sarah because she is the president of Women in Business and Men as Allies. It's one of our more active clubs, I'd say, in the MBA program. So Sarah, can you tell me why you wanted to lead the group and kind of what some of the goals are of the organization? Yeah, I wanted to lead the group because first and foremost, I think one reason a lot of people come to the MBA is they want more leadership experience. So when I was looking at different clubs and committees that I could be a part of, for me it was just really important to carry on the great work that um, the past women in business leaders have really cultivated. And it was one of the groups that I was active in as a first year MBA. And I really felt the positivity and the network and just um, the fellowship of all the female MBAs in that club, and it was really special to me as a first year getting connected with the second year MBA females, and so it was really important for me to make sure that that carried on into the next year and the following years, and I've had a really great time leading this club with my other um, leadership team. It's definitely a team effort because, as you mentioned, it is a very active club. We have a lot of different events because it's um, really focused on creating a network for female MBAs and making sure that they get to know each other and are empowered and can spread the message of gender equality, which is one reason we also have allies in the club as well. It's also extremely important that it's not a one-sided conversation and that we talk about gender equality together. So that's what a lot of our events and programming have been focused on, especially this year, is really building up that network and making sure we have that conversation between um, men and women. Yeah, I think that was something that was really interesting coming in this year with Thea as my classmate, um, that we saw the men as allies. That was a change, and I've seen it on a national level with Forte, kind Mm -hmm. of including that in their program. Um, We are a Forte Foundation member school, um, which is an organization that we love to be a part of, love to support, that is championing women in business education. Um, But yeah, we have men as allies in that group, and I know some of our other diversity clubs have more allyship members um, Mm -hmm. than in previous years as well. So what's been your favorite event y'all did this year? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think one of them that stands out for me, we wanted to try a different format to really try and have more of an informal way to have these conversations, especially with allies um, in any type of diversity group. You want to make sure that you have a way for people to feel heard and also be able to speak comfortably. So we were trying to think of different formats um, that we could get some conversations started more organically um, and include everyone. So one thing that we wanted to do 
was just a movie roundtable and get people together around themes um, and just kind of see what where the conversations took us. So we've done a few of those this year, and I think they've gone pretty well. One of our favorites, we just got everybody um, in Grad Commons one Sunday afternoon to watch Hidden Figures, and it w- worked out really well because even just some people who maybe weren't even club members just kind of came and um, were able to join watching the movie and then just join the conversation as well just as you naturally pause the movie to go make some popcorn and of course mix the M&Ms in because who doesn't love that and then as you're pausing for those snack breaks just talk about what you've seen in the movie and some of the themes and what you've experienced and it was just a really great way to connect with the club members and be able to get that message out there in a way that was just not at all um threatening I guess if yeah, you will in that very way very accessible I'd yeah. Say. yeah yeah you were there for that and it, it just yes, I enjoyed my popcorn and M&Ms <laughs> so good so good in the movie I love it so much yeah um yeah I think the the stature that the the club has taken in the past few years has been one of those things that's helped incoming students recognize us as a place where women can thrive so I want to ask Thea as a first year you just a year ago made your decision to come here um I did. a decision that's panned out well because you've just been named a remarkable woman of the class of 2020 by Poets and Quants. So, yay, we're all excited for Thea. Thank you. So what was it, what other factors about Scheller stood out to you? Sure. Um, and, and thanks for the Poets and Quants shout out. Um, really kind of unbelievable, too, to me that I got picked. Um, but, of course, definitely flattered and, and really appreciate it. Um, one of the big things for me when I was transitioning out of my career and into business school or, and, and then pivoting further onto my career was making sure that the environment that I was pivoting into and transitioning into was as equally, if not more, supportive of women in their place um, and their you know continuance up the ladder, so to say. Um, I came from a very, very heavily male-dominated industry where I, um, in my position, there was less than 5% women across the entire country, so I very rarely worked directly in in close contact with female females and I just kind of generally think it's very difficult to go somewhere that you haven't ever seen anyone be before someone that looks like you someone that maybe has your thoughts or perspectives or, or your background or your ideas um, and that's something that I really wanted to make sure that I tried really hard to leave that mark on my past workplace and that when and if the you know my future career that I make sure that I kind of help further that ladder and that and that path along for others. So when I started looking at business schools, a metric that was really important to me was the um, percentage of females in the full-time class. And a standard MBA program I found out full-time typically is about 25%, um, which to me was very shockingly low, and I kind of couldn't believe that that was standard and average. Um, and then kind of came across Georgia Tech. You know, I'm, I'm from Atlanta, and found that their number for the class of, I guess it would have been 2018, was um, about 35, 36%, which is you know well above the average. Um, and that was something that was amazing to me, and I was able to connect with the women of that class period and, and really see how amazing they were and the accomplishments they had and, and how the positive impact they left. Um, so that was a big deal for me, and then really obviously super proud once we joined it that our class of, of 2020 even furthered that metric along and we were at the 40% um, women ratio. Yeah, I'm really excited to see that grow because I think we're tracking well for next year's class. Mm-hmm. Um, we know USC, USC Marshall was the first school to hit that gender parity at 50-50. Um, and I think it's, you know, normally you're like, oh, a competitive race, is it good for everyone? And in this case, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And I think Definitely. it's a great bar for everybody to hit. So, Julia, from your interesting perspective, a both evening student and staff and 
more shout outs to Julia as well. She was just named the winner of the Stephen P. Zelnak Jr. Award for Staff Excellence, so one of our highest um, recognitions within Scheller College. So yay. Hey, congratulations. Very deserved. Um, what have you seen in, in both, both your experiences mm-hmm. as things that Scheller does to really stand out and promote diversity and inclusion? So I think one of the biggest things is our um, sponsorship with the Forte Foundation. So that started, I believe, in 2016. And since then, we've definitely been on that trajectory to empower women in business Mm -hmm. education, just like the Forte Foundation really is. That's their main goal. And um, each year, we've been able to send our students to the annual conference. And then last year, I actually was able to go as um, a student myself. And it was a very great opportunity. I actually think I met some. I think we all were out there. Yeah, I think we all were there. And it was just a great great opportunity to see um, all of the women and just kind of really feel empowered and understand that we are the future as well. The future is female. Um, I believe that's true. And uh, one of the best, I think, sessions that I went to there was something that we actually had hosted at Scheller as well a couple years ago was um, negotiating for women, like negotiating salaries. And it was just astonishing to hear some of the that information. So I think it's really great that we are continuously trying to do that to empower our students um, to include be inclusive to women, but um, as well as just the Forte Foundation sponsorship, um, we do sponsor the women Georgia Tech Women's Alumni Network, and the there's a Georgia I think I think it's Women's Leadership Conference as well, and then Women in Technology. So, from our office, the MBA program office, we are trying to constantly find those different ways to tap into the Georgia Tech Women's Alumni Network and overall Atlanta and the United States and beyond, so that we can make sure we continue that. 40% and get more. And I think we're on track, like Jasmine said, to yeah. the 50-50 parity. Yeah, I think the Women in Technology group is really interesting. I went to one of their breakfasts over the summer out at Maggiano's. Um, and that, I think it's a older, it was one of kind of the forerunners in Atlanta, specifically for women in that field. Um, so I was really proud that we are also a partner with that group. And we get every month, however, two tables like two worth? tickets or two tickets or two tables, something. I think yeah. two tables. So I think it's something. like 20 <laughs> tickets to where any student who wants to go to that can be there. And alumni were there the mm-hmm. day I went, so that was really cool as well. Across programs with the one MBA. Yeah. So full-time, evening, and exec. Yeah, and that's another thing I was going to point out, where the 40% was not just for full-time incoming students. It was full-time, evening, and executive. So yep. 40% across all boards. Awesome. We took our big fancy picture yeah. out front with all of us. Mm-hmm. It was very fun. Mm-hmm. So question for everyone you know as you were on the student side of things evaluating different different programs to go to I think one of the things um, that's important to understand is what's the culture what's the personality of the program especially with that attitude towards inclusion Um, and so again from all of your different perspectives how would you all describe what that culture is and what that personality is Thea Um, I would say that Scheller definitely has a very familiar personality like we actually are a family and it's not just some like cheesy one-liner that we tell people or that we say to each other it's it's genuinely true I mean our program has the ability of the full time to be small and 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 tight-knit so that you know everybody but also that you get that connection where you really truly know everybody on not only a professional level but also a really deep friendship level and I think that that really is something that's different and between us and you know competitive schools or, or just schools in general and that it's a really difficult um, attribute to kind of recreate and in, 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 unless it's very authentic and it really is just very authentic here at George Tech. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would definitely echo that. We are a very collaborative community. I always say that uh, for the full-time students, by the end of the first week of orientation, everyone knows everyone. They know everyone's name, but they also know something special and unique about them. And I think that really echoes that family aspect and feel, and it's just some, yeah, something that's hard to recreate. Do you think, or I've seen it, I'm in a night class this semester, and so that's with evening students, mm -hmm. um, and it's fun to now, you know, building from the community that full-time program has, it's, you still get the benefit of the larger network because you have the same classes and the same culture, you know, same curriculum, same outcomes um, across all of our programs, really. So that's something that speaks to me. As an evening student, how do you all would you say that, that that culture carries through, or are there any kind of differences? Yeah, it does. It's a little different. I think it's more kind of cohort-based, even though we don't really have yeah. um, you know specific cohorts, but it tends to be whoever you start with, you really become close with that group of people, and then that carries on throughout you know throughout graduation and beyond. So I know some people who graduated you know several years ago, and they are still very like close with their friends who they started the program with. So I think it's a great opportunity too. But yeah, then there's of course there's cross a class cross cross cohort um, times as well and it's a great opportunity to like they constantly meet new people for instance like this semester I'm actually in several groups with people who I've never been in groups with before and it's just because I have that opportunity to meet new people yeah. every semester and it works both ways I was just thinking you're in our 3 p.m. consumer behavior yes. class too so <laughs> we have evening students um, it just it's it's fun to get to mm -hmm. network across the board Sarah, yeah do you want to add anything yeah I do um, I think Absolutely, I echo both sentiments that you all have made about um, the closeness of the classes, but just one more thing to add to that. I really like how intentional I think Scheller is about making sure to have a diverse um, class base every year between the evening executive and full-time programs. Um, it, we want to have people here who really fit that family vibe and that whole no-jerks policy that we have, <laughs> but on, on top of that, it's, you know, making sure that we have a good base of international students and women and you know people of minorities and getting all those different perspectives um, in your classes I think is really enriched not just you know the class perspective or academics but also my personal friendships and learning more about people and opening my eyes to things that I didn't see or experience in my own life. Yeah I love that you hit that point because I wanted to bring up um, intersectionality which has become more of a focal point in education especially and across the board so making sure you're understanding the different lenses of not only you know we're here talking about women in business but understanding how that lens of female crosses with you know whatever maybe race or ethnicity you're coming from and what all those mm -hmm. different lenses on somebody's vision for the world is um, what are some other events or activities you all have participated in here that have helped you understand a different perspective I actually would say one of my current classes that I'm in, um, cross-cultural management, and we are learning so much about different cultures and, of course, like Hofstede's um, factors and mm -hmm. analysis, and it's just, we have a guest speaker who comes in most weeks and d discusses, you know, Indian culture, German culture, mm -hmm. Israeli culture, and it's just a great class to learn all about everything. So, yeah, it's like the bringing together not just about women, but about cultures of everything. Mm -hmm. um, I would say... In addition, just meeting all the wonderful classmates that I, I mentioned before, Diwali is one of my favorite events that we do every year and get to celebrate. And I think I've learned a little bit 
more each year about the importance of Diwali um, to my classmates and understanding what it means to them and how a lot of times it's the first time away from home and not getting to celebrate such an important tradition with their family and being able to share that with them has been uh, one of my favorite things. And I know, Theo, we had that um, implicit bias training in our orientation, and that is a core fixture of not only student curriculum, but also the staff training as well and faculty. Um, can you tell me about your experience in orientation going through? It's a full-day training with an excellent moderator. Mm-hmm. He's just fantastic. So good. Um, kind of tell us about some of the activities or some of your main takeaways. Sure. Um, I just remember of course what kind of what Julia spoke about earlier after the first week of orientation you you know know everybody's name and you know something very interesting about them but the level of of connectedness that you feel with your classmates after you go through implicit bias training is really like you've all of a sudden gone from knowing someone for a week to knowing them for 10 years is how much you feel like you've learned about people and their perspectives I remember one of the most impactful um sections of that training was you know if you can imagine that there's 90 of us sitting in this auditorium and we've got the moderator you know down at front and it's a completely silent activity where he stands at the front and he asks you please stand up or raise your hand if and um, he then includes phrases like have had a family member or um, you know a loved one that has um, identified as you know lbgtq plus etc and has felt you know discriminated because of that and then he just says the statement and then everybody in the room that uh, you know agrees or 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 feels is connected to that statement identifies with that statement stands up and then you just observe how many people in the room feel that same way um and that section probably lasts about an hour with probably 30 to 50 of those statements Mm -hmm. um and just by just observing silently what you and your classmates have gone through and what shared experiences you have, even though you don't understand the context or you don't understand the personal details of it, what you learn about your classmates and how similar you are, even if on the surface you don't appear to be similar, um, is really a very profound feeling that that drives that connectedness. And it really makes you feel like, wow, we are a family and as much as we might be different and have different goals, we're all very similar um, underneath and have the same common shared experiences. Yeah, I remember the was diversity inclusion future leaders panel last year I believe that that was one of the main quotes that I recall mm-hmm. from a leader from Coca-Cola that we are much more similar than we are different, we are different. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah that was my favorite part of the training as well as uncomfortable and vulnerable as it is and you're walking out like am I about to cry I don't know yeah um, I'm about to cry just like talking <laughs> about it. About it. Yeah. it it really it it brings you back yeah. it's a really great training so I want to talk about something specific, and this might just be my soapbox, but we'll see. Um, so it kind of came up in our core ethics class last week with um, Steve Salbu, who is our, our beloved ethics professor and, Very beloved. and previous dean. Um, we were talking about how the issue of gender parity in different graduate programs and that you've seen it now at the collegiate level. There's that parity at a med school, at a law school level, that you see it more, that, that women are more represented than they used to be. And his theory was that it's because you go straight through and you're going from an undergraduate experience straight through to those programs or maybe even some PhDs. Whereas for business school, especially for more elite programs like us, you you do require that work experience before you come back. Mm-hmm. Speak to that issue of timing and kind of if you feel comfortable sharing your timing decision um, on what was kind of right for you to come back to school and other factors that may have been at play. 
Um, I, I can definitely say that I felt as though, as much as I loved my previous company and my coworkers and, and never for a minute felt, even though it was very, you know, different as I was from them in terms of my age or, or my tenure or, you know, my gender, I never felt treated differently by any of them, which was really honestly a remarkable and, and a very rewarding experience. I didn't quite feel as though I was getting the same career opportunities or progression that maybe um, other people of the same experience or, or level was at that time. And I think that had to do um, with just a lot of external factors. Um, I came from a very large company and, and larger multinational companies are struggling in the, in the place, in the industries, in the workplace now. And so they're kind of having to reorg a lot. And I was kind of seeing the, the you know, the, the negative consequences of the reorg. So I had always known I wanted an MBA and I was right at that four and a half, five years post um, graduation of, of work experience and thought, you know, shoot, and not married, no children, don't have a mortgage. Like this is the time to take it, to re reinvest in myself and really focus on that. And that's really why I, I chose to come back. But I do see that there is that, that drop off and where that could happen because of the, the need for work experience. Yeah, I was, Again, like like the I read the five five six years out of um, undergrad, and I was at a point in my career where there just wasn't a lot of room for career advancement, um, and I really wanted to make a pivot. I'm not really sure, honestly, if being a woman did or did not play into yeah. The and decision. I don't think it has to. Yeah, yeah I'm just definitely always not. curious. The timing, people's timing decisions, I yeah, think, are helpful to others as they're considering their their own. Yeah, definitely. And again, like the uh, unmarried, no children, no mortgage. So I can take that time and I can take that break. Um, but I think one thing that really influenced me with my MBA was uh, my older brother has his MBA, and I also have a really close friend who has his MBA, and they both were very encouraging of me you know, going after it and getting mine. And I just don't think that I would have necessarily even thought about getting an MBA had I not seen other people that I knew when I was close with getting theirs. Because especially coming from a tech company, getting an MBA isn't something that a lot of people um, stop working at a tech company to go do. You don't see a lot of people in those positions doing it either. So again, it comes down to, I think, seeing other people maybe like you in those positions. So seeing a family member seeing a close friend pursuing their MBA is what really pushed me to come get mine. But I can definitely see where the MBA, like you were saying, you know, it's not common to go straight from undergrad to the MBA. And so as women, we could be in a different point in our life, especially raising a family um, where it just doesn't make as much sense to go back and be able to pause um, Mm -hmm. as easily as maybe men and fathers can. I have a fellow classmate who I kind of consider a rock star in that regard because she started the program and um, then she had a, her first child in her second semester, took the first half off that time because we had such a flexible schedule that she was able to do that. But she came back in the second half of the semester. So her child was, you know, maybe two months old and she mm-hmm. came back and wow. um, now she's actually expecting her second child. So I think she's going to continue on with the MBA program while having two young children at home. So it's just amazing to me. Yeah, it's so impressive. We have a classmate in the first year full-time cohort right now who gave birth in January and we saw her like 10 days later yep wild yeah. <laughs> and I'm very yeah. impressive yeah. super impressive. <laughs> so and it is doable we have a variety of parents I say more so in evening yeah. and definitely executive as well um, where the executive office helps and aids and makes sure that those students coming in are aware of the the scheduling changes and kind of makes recommendations about how to communicate with your family how to maybe delegate other things and I think 
we've all had those conversations as we got started too. Even Thea and I had a tour on Friday where they mm-hmm. were asking, okay, when you're going back to school, what what do you recommend for talking with your significant others or with your parents who may have expected you to be visiting on a Saturday or dinner or whatever? <laughs> like communicating, you know, your different obligations mm-hmm. in life. So I think yeah. to to what I said to Sarah earlier, like being a woman doesn't necessarily have to make a change, but I feel like it can. Yes. Right. Um, so yeah, my soapbox thing was, I will just be totally transparent. So when I was looking at schools, my husband was like, well, what if we go to Singapore? What if we live in <laughs> London or something? And I was like, we can't like go abroad because I want to go to work. I want to go to school in the place that I want to work so I can get to the company and then work there because like t- clocks are ticking. Yeah. <laughs> like. I'm getting getting old, but not really. But you know what I mean. Um, and it's just a different challenge that he hadn't thought of. And I don't right. think I've had any conversations with our male classmates about, like, what your course of fertility may be. You know, right. like, yeah. until yeah. I did last week and found out that one of our classmates wasn't aware. It gets more, much more difficult as you age to become pregnant. So it's yeah. just a different set of factors. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, it's all doable, as we see from our amazing classmates here at Scheller. Yeah. And Definitely I think doable. it's just benchmarking against, you know, what your own personal goals are in your life. Yep. Like, regardless of gender or what you foresee for your life just in, in the two years. I mean, two years is a long time to kind of just take off and pause. Yep. So having those conversations with your loved ones um, and, and, you know, aligning on expectations, regardless of what those expectations are, is mm-hmm. incredibly important in order to be successful in the long term of the MBA program and then also, you know, future career goals, et cetera, on, I think. Yeah. And even figuring out what program fits that lifestyle mm-hmm. and what those expectations mm-hmm. are. So we got three flavors. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find one that works for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. To wrap it up, um, one thing we've been ending with is now that Georgia Tech's you know, new tagline is creating the next. We like to say, what what are y'all creating the next? What's the next thing? And it doesn't have to be some like world-changing, groundbreaking thing. And I'll, I'll get started okay. if that helps. Okay. Yeah. So the next project kind of on my horizon that I'm excited to do, it's creating the next or assisting with the um, update to next year's career development sessions. So as mm-hmm. our incoming full-time class, the class of 2021 starts orientation and does their homework over the summer. Um, Anna Smoke, who's our producer of this podcast, and I will be assisting career services with some kind of multimedia improvements to that content. So we're excited to, to help out. Well, that's awesome. Thea. Um, I would say what I'm trying to help foster and create is um, the next fabulous class of incoming Georgia Tech full-time Scheller MBA students. Um, as of right now, we have an awesome class um, already confirmed and, and deposited to come next year. Um, and really, really excited about the incoming talent and diversity that we've got. And so just continuing the work there and making sure that we're getting Scheller out to you know the widest populace that we can and recruiting the best talent to, to keep us going up in the rankings. Yes. I am creating the next leadership team for women in business. Um, They were just recently elected, so I'm really excited about helping them transition. We actually moved up the club elections um, this year as a class that we could give all the clubs more transition time. So I'm really excited to be working with the future leadership of women in business to make sure that the club is not just maintained, but continues to grow both in its capacity and its membership. So I'm very excited to see what those ladies do next. Yeah, and will. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I I apologize. Our ladies and our fearless Menace Allies leader, Will Prosser. (laughs) 
Well, I'm creating the next integrative MBA student experience. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> by that, I just mean we're, we're already working, like Jasmine said, on the programming for orientation in the fall. And we're also kind of trying to expand that from doing some more co-curricular leadership development throughout the entire first semester and all the way into the second semester and actually through the whole two years as a full-time student and also try to figure out how to work that into the evening experience as well. So it's going to be a little bit different, but a little bit more fun, a little I'm more excited. like on hands leadership experience. So it'll be good. Sounds awesome. I, I kind of believe that I could use some tailgate volunteers as, as some, some leadership, leadership. Okay. building activities if you uh, <laughs> yeah. want to fit that we in. If I can put a dress code in, if I can mandate a, a dress code for, for tailgate. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go into a whole other topic, because Thea can speak for quite long on tailgate dress code, I will wrap us up for this uh, episode of The Intersection. So thank you ladies for being here and thank you listeners for joining in. That does it for this episode of The Intersection.